Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Do you know J.D. Vance, who wants to be a senator from Ohio? I actually realized this today, Mister. Has no record to run on. He's running on President Trump's record, who he didn't even vote for. He's running on President Trump's endorsement. What is his record? For the middle class and working Americans. There is none. He couldn't even bring himself to vote for Trump in 2016. Okay, fine. But let's move on from that. What is his record during the rise of the Tea Party? He opposed it. During the rise of the Tea Party, he opposed it. What has he done for conservatism writ large and constitutionalism writ large? Absolutely nothing. I started to think about this today. This is why the guy won't write on his record. Peter Thiel wants to buy a Senate seat in Ohio. He picks his junior partner from his investment firm, who spent much of his career in life in San Francisco. He decides he wants to be a senator. He comes to Ohio. And they're spending millions to remake this guy. And worse yet, they're spending millions to smear Josh Mandel. Mandel was part of the Tea Party movement. Mandel endorsed Ted Cruz early on, and when Cruz lost, he switched over to Trump like millions of other conservatives. And has backed Trump every day since. He took on John Kasich and the Kasich Republican establishment rhino machine in Ohio. J.D. Vance hasn't done any of these things. Not one. He's proven he can get elected. He got elected statewide as treasurer, even though he was opposed by the Republican establishment. When he sought to run for the Senate again, Mitch McConnell gunned for him and undermined him, as have others. And now, why am I 
sort of hot about this? Because the J.D. Vance campaign and his surrogates are trying to say that the communist Chinese regime in China wants Josh Mandel to win. Do you believe that, Mr. Producer? This is where they have to go. J.D. Vance's surrogates have called Josh Mandel a rhino. They've called Josh Mandel a candidate of the communist regime, effectively. That he doesn't care about the middle class. He is in the middle class. This is coming from a multimillionaire who's backed by a billionaire who set up a pack where they've spent $13.5 million trying to remake J.D. Vance into something he's not and smear Josh Mandel. Well, I don't like bullies, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't like billionaires who try and buy Senate seats either. So the people of Ohio, please keep this in mind. Please keep this in mind. J.D. Vance has always supported MAGA country. No, he hasn't. J.D. Vance has always supported the trade agreements. No, he hasn't. It's a lie. Most of you never heard of J.D. Vance except through Hollywood, right? A movie, a book he wrote. Hollywood loved this guy. That's why they funded his movie. Maybe the communist Chinese are behind funding the film that he ran. God knows. Sounds pretty Marxist. But nonetheless, do not allow slick ads and marketing backed by a billionaire with endless millions poured into this campaign in Ohio to sway you. I'll even go further. Do not allow endorsements to sway you, including mine. Including mine. Make up your own mind. Take a close look. But I've always said that when these Republican candidates in these primaries go low, 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 it's because they're the real rhinos. They're the real leftists. They want to slip into office and then they'll show their true colors. We Tea Party constitutional conservatives, of which I am one, have always been one. We've seen this too often. We see what happens in Washington, D.C. We see the Adam Kingsingers and all the rest of them. We see the Adam Kingsingers and all the rest of them. You want to write a fight a fair primary? I've got no problem with that. You want to go toe-to-toe, knuckle-to-knuckle in a hard-fought primary on real issues? I've got no problem with that. But when you accuse a combat veteran of being backed by the communist Chinese government, in essence, that's just sleazeball stuff. That's Hillary Clinton stuff. That's Democrat Party stuff. And when the surrogates start posting all over the place and burping it up all over the place, that's just a smear job. I despise it. I despise it when it happens to Trump. I despised it when it happened to Reagan. I despise it when it happens to Josh Mandel. And you got to ask yourself, why would another Republican candidate be doing that? Why? Because they can't run on a record. There is no pro-middle class, pro-working class, pro-assembly line worker, pro-Republican, pro-conservative, pro-constitutional record in J.D. Vance's background. Nothing. You can find 
absolutely nothing. That's why he won't go toe-to-toe. I haven't talked to Mandel. I'm not coordinating with that campaign. I have nothing to do with that. I'm just pointing it out because it's important. The truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. Vladimir Putin is threatening us again. Vladimir Putin warns he will use nukes against West and lightning fast strike if anyone interferes in Ukraine. So I guess he's going to use nukes against himself. Everybody's worried. This is when you need a Trump. Or a Reagan. This is when you need a president who this man would fear. Who would pick up the phone and call Putin and say, I'm sick and tired of your threats. Just understand something. Just understand something. It's mutual assured destruction. We're not going to put up with your crap. You use nukes in Ukraine, tactical nukes, that's what they have most of. They have long-range nukes, but we have more and bigger ones. They've been focusing on tactical nukes. We will send them all the jets they want. We will send them all the, all the equipment they need. So if they wish to strike into Russia, they will strike into Russia. Now, ladies and gentlemen, over a month ago, I suggested that Vladimir Putin should be taken out. Not by us, but that we should not oppose efforts, if we know of them, in the shadows to do exactly that. To do exactly that. Lindsey Graham suggested it. My buddy Hannity suggested it. Others have suggested it. It would literally be preposterous if that wasn't on the table because Putin himself seeks to assassinate the president of Ukraine and has assassinated many people. Oligarchs, journalists, political opponents. He's reached into other countries to do it, including our own, I believe, in Washington. The Wagner Group, if you watched my show last Sunday. Vladimir Putin has slaughtered probably more people than Brezhnev. Probably more people than the heads of the Soviet Union post-Stalin. Now in Ukraine, in Chechnya, Crimea, Georgia, in places like Syria. He's a mass murderer. And if he is a madman, as people in the news are saying on various television platforms, if he is capable of such things, well then how do you stop him? Surrendering to this kind of genocide won't stop him. It'll encourage him. And if the opposite, taking a firm stance against him, also will encourage him, then we have no way out, do we? 
this isn't about countries wanting to join NATO. That's not what he wrote in his thousands and thousands of word long piece this past summer, or somebody wrote it for him and he signed it. Doesn't matter. It's not what he said. NATO was irrelevant. He basically claimed effectively all of Eastern Europe. Claiming that history going back over 1,200 years demonstrated that the Russia language, the Russia culture, Russian sovereignty extended well beyond the current borders of Russia. And he got support in part with that ideology by Rand Paul yesterday. I mean, in 1920, uh, some of these can actually belong to Russia and the Soviet Union. Because for Rand, I guess history goes back to the 1920s. But that doesn't matter, and neither does he. Putin warns he will use nukes against West and lightning fast strike if anyone interferes in Ukraine. Now, I'm not president. I don't pretend to be president. I couldn't get elected president. But I'd be pulling together my national security team, and I'd be saying, okay, what are the options if he uses tactical nukes? Because I'm not going to stand for it. What are the options? And if he uses tactical nukes, Pakistan has tactical nukes. Iran wants actually ICBMs with nukes. North Korea has nukes now. A lot of people have nukes. A lot of nutjobs have nukes. What do you think they're going to say or think? Problematic, don't you think? So what's the answer? You can't hide. The answer is, what would a strong president do? What would a Trump do? He'd take a firmer stance. And he'd tell Putin. Quietly and perhaps publicly. Don't even think about it. That's what he did with North Korea. That's what Donald Trump would do. See, Donald Trump is not an appeaser. Donald Trump is not a pacifist. He's rational. He's prudential. He will use the military if he thinks he needs to, and he won't if he doesn't. That's not Rand Paul. That's not J.D. Vance. Their ideologies are actually very strange. They're very alien to the American system. And the, the alternative isn't to hysterically or irrationally intervene in a situation. That's not the alternative to isolationism. The America first objective, as far as I'm concerned, is to give the Ukrainians everything humanly possible to help them prevail. And I'm not the only one who believes this. Just one of the few has the guts to say it, as is General Kellogg. As is Fred Flights, who, who worked in the National Security Council for the president. You have a man here who's threatened us with nukes, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Do we still romanticize Putin? Is it still our fault? But the Ukrainians are not allowed to keep their country. They're not allowed to win. 
How about the Moldavians? Are they allowed to keep their country? How about the Romanians? Are they allowed to keep their country? How about the Poles and the Bulgarians? How about the Baltic states? Are they allowed to keep their country? How about Slovakia? Can they keep their country too? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. So how do you respond? Vladimir Putin is not the first um, totalitarian to threaten the United States. There have been other Russian totalitarians who threatened the United States even during the nuclear period. Even during the nuclear period. And so, statesmen, strong leaders, people who have some knowledge of even recent history, know that you do not respond to somebody like Putin through abdication, appeasement, cowardice. Nor do you respond to somebody like Putin with a direct attack, strike first, and all the rest. I will tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. Not one human being on the face of the earth has the power to fire off a nuclear missile. You aware of this? They have to go through a process. Typically, it might take 20 minutes, something like that sort. It's the same with Russia. Because the person at the end is the guy that actually launches the missile. So we could get a heads up before it's done. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever. And it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all. Whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N 
FredHillsdale.com. Ever notice how you come across somebody once in a while that you shouldn't have messed with? That's Mark. And you can call him at 877-381-3811. I wish to condemn AOL.com and their news service. This headline, Biden, Clinton's eulogized first female Secretary of State, and by that they mean Madeleine Albright. We do not make distinctions as such any longer because they are bigoted. They are exclusionary. Clinton's eulogized first female Secretary of State, Mr. Producer. We can never have a first female anything, can we? No. The schizophrenia on this issue is just amazing to me. It's like with the Supreme Court justice in waiting which is weird in and of itself, historic because she's the first African-American woman. She's asked to define woman, and she can't. Therefore, she doesn't even know why she's historic, and yet it's celebrated. What's celebrated? Well, she's the first African-American woman. No, she's not. She's not a biologist. She doesn't know what a woman is. And here we are eulogizing the first female secretary of state so the language that they impose on our kids the language they impose on our books and our movies and all the rest birthing people and all women are not birthing people some women can't have children nonetheless let's say you're even beyond the age of being capable to have a child what are you called a former birthing woman a former birthing person i mean i don't know they don't know Because they're nuts. Because they're nuts. We have this Alejandro Mayorkas. He's the pretend secretary of DHS. And you're not going to believe what comes out of this fool's mouth. And understand something. He's not setting policy. The... Politburo that rules this country from the Oval Office. Radical leftists. You'll notice you never hear of Susan Rice, and yet she's there. You'll notice you never read a story in the paper about Susan Rice that tells you that she is a serial-obsessed leaker. And there's others like her from the Mao-Lenin wing of the Democrat Party. Alejandro Mayorkas is taking orders. That's what's happening. And he's testifying today over his budget. Here's what he says in part, cut one, go. We inherited a broken and dismantled system that is already under strain. So it's Trump's fault that Biden has reversed every single Trump policy but one, which he's going to reverse on May 23rd that a court has put a temporary restraining order on. So it's Trump's fault that we have open borders. Now, it's Putin's fault that we have inflation and high gas prices, food shortages, along with big meat and big meat producers and packers, along with big oil. And now we have... Big Trump. It's not the fault of Biden and his policy. No, no, no. 
It's everybody. Now, ladies and why do we want somebody, a pretend president who blames everyone and anything else? And then says there's nothing he can really do about inflation. Go ahead. To manage the current levels and types of migratory flows. Only Congress can fix this. Yet- That's not true. And so only the CDC can make decisions about masks. The CDC is in what part of our government? The executive branch. That's a lie. Of course, the president of the United States can make a decision. On border? Of course, the president of the United States can make a decision. And he has. With his executive orders. Now, why are we playing this game with this guy? And I handle my office. Go ahead. We have effectively managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens seeking to enter the United States. They've effectively managed it? Anyone who believes that, raise your hand. It's like when you're on a plane and the, and, and the flight attendants go through this routine about the mask and the, there's the water thing and they're the, sitting in an exit row. Now, you bought a seat to an exit row, right? And then they ask you, are you capable of sitting in the exit row? Yes, I paid $60 extra for it. I decided that before I even, you know, bought it. Anyway. And they ask the question, or they, or they show you when the mask comes down, put it on first, then your kid. And then they show you how to use a seatbelt. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? You put this in here, and you do that, and then you pull it tight. I thought to myself, if you don't know how to use a seatbelt, what the hell are you doing on an airplane? Now I'm really scared. Can you show me how to do that again? You do what with the buckle? You put it where? In your nose? No, no. You put it into this, you pull this, and you're set. Oh! Can you show me one more time? Um... But that's like this guy saying, we've managed an unprecedented number of non-citizens effectively. Over one million illegal aliens have entered the country, America. Those are the ones we know of. Over one million. That's bigger than most of the cities that most of you live in. Cut to go. With the Title 42 public health order set to be lifted, we expect migration levels to increase as smugglers seek to take advantage of and profit from vulnerable migrants. We will continue to enforce our immigration laws. Is this a joke? So 42 was the rule that was put in place or triggered by the Trump administration to use the COVID pandemic virus to deport people right on the spot. So Biden's been itching to lift it. The whole Politburo in the White House has been itching to lift it. The public hates this. And so, oh, well, it's not us. It's the science. It's the CDC. They decide. The science. It's nothing to do with the science. So the CDC has been directed to lift it, and then they say, the science, look at the CDC. They're destroying your country. 
and the racists in this country are thrilled. They are thrilled. That'll teach the white supremacists. That'll teach the white dominant society. The real indigenous people from all over the world are coming into the United States. And this majority, white, systemically racist, dominant society hates it. No, we want people to come into the country based on merit, based on how many can be absorbed into an economy, into a school system, into a hospital. Yeah, you're a white supremacist. That's what you get from the Marxist left. More Alejandro Maraca. Cut three, go. The 18,000 is not projected. As I, as I mentioned, we just um, built that scenario so that we can plan for different scenarios. We, we, we scale it at different levels and plan accordingly to, to be able to ensure that our preparations, our extensive preparations, are comprehensive. There is no question that if we encounter 18,000 people in a single day, that will seriously strain our capabilities. I just need to be clear in that regard. Hey, pal, we didn't need your testimony to be clear in any regard. In fact, we talked about it on my show on Fox, and we've talked about it on my show, Levin TV. We've talked about it here. In fact, everybody's talked about it. All the former Trump ICE guys, Border Patrol guys, DHS guys, even the former Obama secretary, DHS. He said on a bad day, we'd have a thousand. Here we're talking about 18,000. 18,000 a day. What's 18,000 a day times seven, Mr. Producer? Let's just round it off. 125,000, okay? Something like that. I'm close. Now multiply that by four. What's that? I knew it. Multiply that by four. What do you have? You have a city larger than Baltimore every month. That's on top of the over 1 million who've come here illegally. Where are they all going, ladies and gentlemen? Where are they? Now, I don't mean geographically. Where are these people? Where are they living? What are they doing? Where are they living? What are they doing? How can our healthcare system handle this kind of an influx of people who are dirt poor and many of them sick? How can our school systems handle this? And the little kid who comes across the border goes immediately, let's say, into first grade where they're taught to hate America. Welcome to a white supremacist America. Either way, let's have a chat about your genitalia. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I crossed into the wrong country. No, you're in the right country. Unbelievable, don't you think? Veronica Escobar, Democrat, Texas, on MSLSD today. Cut four, go. It has been um, decades since Congress has enacted uh, any form right, of immigration. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't need new immigration laws. I've said this for years. I've said it over and over again. Illegal aliens are illegal under existing immigration law. Deportation is deportation under existing immigration law. There are scores of categories for uh, visas, green cards, there, there is law up the wazoo. We have lawyers who specialize in immigration law because in many ways it's a very extensive code. 
We don't need new immigration laws. We need people who will comply with the laws in our country who are elected to represent the American people, not the people of the world. The people running the system are broken. The law is not broken. It's being broken by those people. The law is just fine. It's the lawless on both sides of the border. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Six Republicans voted to confirm Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, to his current position, knowing from the Obama administration days when he was deputy secretary of DHS, he was an open borders man. Six Republicans. West Virginia, Shelley Moore Capito voted for this man to serve in that position. She is a disaster. Maine, Susan Collins voted for Alejandro Mayorkas to be secretary of DHS. Alaska, Lisa Murkowski voted for this man, voted for this man to be secretary of DHS. Ohio, the retiring Senator Rob Portman, he voted for this man to be Secretary of DHS. Utah, Mitt Romney, Mitt Romney voted for this man to be Secretary of DHS. And Alaska, again, Dan Sullivan voted for this man to be Secretary of DHS. Now, I will note that all of these repubes voted for him, and they are not from border states. They are not from border states. But West Virginia, what do you think about old Shelley? Haven't you had enough of her? Maine, you just re-elected Collins. She's a disaster. Alaska, you have an opportunity to get rid of Murkowski, even though Mitch McConnell is backing her with millions. That's what I mean. Rob Portman's been a disaster most of his career. Mitt Romney is a disaster, period. And Dan Sullivan, this guy, I don't know what his deal is. When he runs for office, he's a big conservative. So those are the six Republicans who voted for 
Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas, to be head of the DHS. And they should be held to account. And yet they blame Trump for the border crisis. I'm surprised they haven't blamed Putin. Or big oil. Or big meat. By the way, the the Yentas at The View. What a loathsome bunch of low lives. A loathsome bunch of low lives. They attack Tucker Carlson. Now they're on the attack all the time. But below the belt, literally. And they make these racist comments. Stereotypical racist comments that should have them fired on the spot. These are truly low IQ, stupid people. Stupid people. And they go right for the genitalia. Did you see that, Mr. Producer? Mm-hmm. Wondering about size. Can't they find five better women to represent birthing people on this show than these five low lives? I understand, Mr. Producer, they have sagging ratings. Have you heard that? I understand the five Yentas have sagging ratings. Is that possible? I think it's more than likely. They many want to stop talking about genitalia, or people might want to start talking about them. The five Yentas around the table. And they're sagging ratings. That's what I hear. I don't know firsthand. Yes, sagging ratings over there at The View. And it's very bigoted over there at The View. Why do they only have one genitalia represented in The View? Where's the LBGTQIA plus community? Unless, of course, they're represented on The View, and they may well be. As a matter of fact, as I look, perhaps they are, Mr. Producer. But still, there's not a a male non-birthing person on there. Why is that? Why is that? It's a very bigoted, racist, gender-specific show. They ought to yank it. They ought to yank it. It's a cartoon show with human beings. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Have you ever heard of Jonathan Swan, Johnny? He has, I think it's a British accent, maybe it's Aussie, it doesn't really matter. He's a pretend journalist. So he's on Twitter, 
apparently he's obsessed with Twitter. And he's following me. And he takes exception to the fact that I talk about these never-Trumpers. And he writes the following tweet. I just responded, but I will respond on the air. Not that any of this matters, because 80% of Republicans have reinvented themselves as Trump diehards just to survive. But this tweet thread reminds me of the summer of 2016. At that time, Levin was a passionate never-Trumper, and Thiel was on the Republican National Committee stage endorsing Trump. That's not correct. Those of you who listen to this show and have listened to it, you know the whole story of this. But Wikipedia and the Never Trumpers and the phony journalists just keep regurgitating it. There's no fixing it because they don't care. But I'll remind you. What happened was a Roger Stone, and this is an individual who I think was abused abused in the prosecution and the SWAT team, and I said it over and over again. But way back then, I'm doing this by racket, he either said something or wrote something that was vile and dishonest about me. And by the way, he later apologized too, but it doesn't matter. This is the way Jonathan Swan swings. And I said, okay, count me as a never-Trumper. I was furious. A day or two or three or a week, whatever it was, later, candidate Trump calls me. And he says, Mark, what happened? I thought you liked me. And I thought after the primary, if I won, you were going to support me. I said, well, I was. But I can't have this. And he said, but Roger's not part of the campaign. And he doesn't speak for me. I speak for myself. He's a friend. But I never said those things. And I went on air and said exactly what Trump said. And that I would not be a never-Trumper. You remember all that, Mr. Producer? Why is it so hard for people to understand this? Because they don't want to. Because Johnny Swan, if that is his name... Johnny Swan has a narrative, and that's the way it is. It's right in its first sentence. 80% of Republicans have reinvented themselves as Trump diehards just to survive. Look, maybe it doesn't go back six years, but we have archives right on my MarkLevinShow.com. I don't know if it goes back six years, but we've laid it out there. I have nothing to hide. I support who I want. I oppose who I want. But what I reject is, is the lying and the rewriting history. I think Donald Trump was a great president, and I have defended him. And I will continue to do so. Against the likes of Johnny Swan and his ilk in the corrupt media. But the jerk can't even get this right. Can't even get this right. Besides, what does this have to even do with what I said? In fact, he's backed by billionaire Peter Thiel with millions in PAC money because he is, that is J.D. Vance, it's always been a big favorite of the corporatist Hollywood elite. That is J.D. Vance. That's his record, no matter how his surrogates and, com- and commercials seek to remain. So Johnny 
spawn if that is his name. He thinks he's got me. I got you. Got you right here. On t- I got you. Not that any of this matters because 80 percent of Republicans have reinvented themselves as Trump diehards just to survive. I don't need anybody to survive. But this tweet thread reminds me of the summer of 2016. At that time, Levin was a passionate never-Trumper. I was a passionate supporter of Cruz in the primary. And Thiel was on the RNC stage endorsing Trump. I'm talking about J.D. Vance. Reading comprehension, Johnny. But you have my background wrong. You have the events wrong. You have the individual wrong. Who does he write for? Axios figures. That's like the lowest level of the feeding chain for the media, so-called. Johnny. Now, if you disagree with me, call the phone. 877-381-3811. You don't need to hide behind Twitter or whatever else you do. Come on. But it's a strange post. Not that it matters, of course. I mean, you guys are schmuck. All right, let's go on to real stuff. Inflation. The Democrats created this inflation. The Democrats created shortages of fuel, driving up the price. Now we don't have excess fuel to give to the Europeans who need it because the Russians are blackmailing them. And it's only going to get worse. So energy independence is and always has been a national security issue as well as an economic issue. We finally achieve it under Trump, Johnny Swan. We finally achieve it. And Biden destroys it. Then they give out these fake leases, 80% less leases. They massively increase by about a third the royalties, should you happen to find any oil or natural gas in these leases. And they've been blocking the actual uh, approval, licenses. You need a license to do the drilling. The lease is the first step. There are many steps in between. So they, they try and deceive you. They lie to you, right, Johnny Swan? You're, you're well familiar with this, being part of the corrupt media. So now inflation. People are furious about inflation. So the Democrats have an answer. Forgive hundreds of billions of dollars in student debt to people who went to college, which I'll get to in a minute. Raise taxes on American corporations and on capital gains. And many of you pay capital gains tax. You may not realize it. But when you sell, say you have even a meager ownership of stocks. Or if you have a second property and you sell it, you're hit with a capital gains tax. You don't have to be a multi-billionaire to be hit with a capital gains tax. So it's not, it's not a uh, class warfare thing. So the point is, their answer is what? More government spending. You're going to pick up those loans, either directly or through inflation. You can't just wipe them out. You're going to pick up the loans of people, in many cases, who are much wealthier than you. That's number one. Number two, they want to raise taxes. Now, in the middle of a what's becoming a hyperinflationary period, If you raise taxes on individuals and or businesses, and I don't care how much they make or whatever it is, you're going to push this country from what is clearly a burgeoning recession to a potential depression 
because this is exactly how FDR took a lousy, horrible economy, a recession, and turned it into a depression. More government spending, more government printing takes us, pulls us off the the uh, the uh, silver standard, the gold standard, rather. And then massive tax increases. Massive government regulations. And for 10 years, this country couldn't pull out of this. That's the prescription of the Democrat Party, right, Johnny Swan? I'm sure you're going to tweet about this. You really need to. Or maybe you should get a real job at Media Matters. Nonetheless, here's Chuck Schumer at a press conference yesterday. Cut six, go. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts and raise rates. No Republican is ever going to do that. So the only way to get rid of inflation is through reconciliation. So he wanted to say raise taxes. Listen carefully. Do this again. Go. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, ra- undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts. He wanted and raise- to say raise taxes. Later, he says raise rates. He wanted to say raise taxes. So, ladies and gentlemen, according to the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, Chucky Schmucky Schumer, the only way to get rid of inflation is to raise taxes. But don't worry, they won't raise taxes on you. Do you believe that? Do you believe they won't raise taxes on you? When they said they're going to spend all this money, they're going to make your life easier, they're going to do this, we got inflation. We talked about that a year ago. Johnny Swan, I wonder if he reported that. I did say that, Johnny. And they raised taxes. I mean, uh, uh, inflation. They created this massive inflation that is effectively raising taxes on you. And they don't want any accountability for it. They don't want any response. They learn nothing. Just think about it. If they had had their way, the build back better. We'd be another five or six trillion dollars in the hole by some estimates, including mine. Another five or six trillion on top of what they already spent. If they're able to raise taxes, then you'd have massive tax increases. So you'd have more massive government printing and spending. More massive borrowing. Massive tax increases. Where would we be today? We'd be completely in the toilet. Completely in the toilet. So what are the Democrats going to do about inflation? Here's John Ossoff, the latest Marxist elected from Georgia. Uh, This guy is a trust baby. His parents are worth a fortune. But so what? He's for the little guy. Cut seven, go. When somebody says to you, what are Democrats doing to address inflation, what do you say? Well, look, the economic stress uh, that begins with the global pandemic, unprecedented effects on supply chains, uh, unemployment in the middle of 2020 that was over 14 percent, massive economic ripple effects in in, uh, every region of the world, um, and a massive fiscal and monetary response. All the associated shocks to our logistics infrastructure have all taken a toll. Uh, Families in my state of Georgia and families across the country are struggling with the rapidly rapidly rising prices of staples like groceries uh, and gasoline. Congress has a role to play. The Fed has a role to play uh, because it's something that affects families in my state and states across the country every single day. Anybody hear an answer there? Did you, Mr. Producer? Johnny? Johnny Swan, did you hear an answer? 
I didn't hear an answer. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. It is hilarious, you have to admit. These guys push Russia collusion for years. They're still pushing Trump on his taxes. They're still chasing the shadows of Magellan and so in other words, there's so many important things to report out there. I barely have enough time in three hours to get to everything. And Johnny Swan, if that is his name, Johnny is worried about me. I see him now and then on Fox and other places and so forth. He strikes me as a very dull and below average reporter. I suppose he does in the entire so-called profession. That's why he's at Axios, which is funded by leftists. But how do you get the facts wrong? when I'm actually on the air and talked about this stuff. And how do you get the person wrong? Yes, I'm criticizing Teal, but it's J.D. Vance I'm focused on. My comments about Teal is he wants to buy a Senate seat. What does that have to do with anything that happened in 2016? Nothing. Maybe there should be IQ tests before people can label themselves reporters. I don't know. I don't know. But it's weird. He should be a host on MSLSD or the Constipated News Network. I think. Perhaps so. It's been a lot of leaked audio from the January 6th committee, and I notice the press is very excited about this, and I also notice the press is not concerned about the leaks. We have leaks coming out of a committee that is demanding that individual citizens comply with their subpoenas, testify in secret. They get access to phone information around their backs so they can't challenge it by going directly to phone companies and software companies. These are civil liberty issues. Then this committee really is running a parallel operation because it wants to criminalize uh, the information that it is gathering. So while they only have authority as the legislative body to take testimony for legislative purposes, 
they're obviously doing work that is intended to provide the Department of Justice and the criminal division with what they hope is information that is harmful to these individuals. So what they are doing is circumventing the Bill of Rights. What they are doing is circumventing due process rights. Because on the criminal side, the rules are much stricter. And they can be easily challenged. In this case, if you challenge this committee, they hold you in contempt. And they send it to a court with the hope that you'll be thrown in prison on a contempt charge. On the criminal side, if you challenge something in court, you're not held in contempt. You make the case. You duke it out in front of a judge. You file your papers and make your arguments. Johnny Swan and the rest don't care. They're getting a narrative. They're getting selected leaks. They're going to be hearings in June by this Stalinist-like committee with all Democrats and two Trump-hating never-Trumpers. Right, Johnny? We can agree on that. And in advance of that, they're pushing out these cherry-picked leaks. These cherry-picked leaks. And the media, of course, run with it the way they run with Russia collusion. The way they run with speculation about Mueller and indictments of the president and his family. The way they perpetrated this horrific attack on our election system by working with the FBI, by working with the intelligence agencies, by working, quite frankly, with the White House. Perkins Coie, Sussman, Elias, all the rest to push their agenda. This is why they hate Elon Musk. This is why they hate free speech. Specifically, they hate free political speech. Because they want to control the narrative. In that first sentence by Johnny Swan there, that was his narrative. 80% of Republicans now claim blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, okay. Really? But this is a problem. It's a problem for getting the truth out. What's caused inflation? What's happening on the border? What's going on with Russia? This is a huge problem. I'll be right back. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does, and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I've been wanting to get to this, so I shall. This is from Fox, actually. 
top 10 misleading and outrageous statements from New York Times' Nicole Hannah-Jones. And a salute to Lindsey Cornick over there. You want to hear some of the most outrageous statements and tweets she's made? This is for you, Johnny. Johnny Swan. Cuba is the most equal multiracial country, quote-unquote, due to socialism. Appearing on a podcast with somebody named Ezra Klein in 2019, Hannah Jones promoted Cuba as a country with a, quote, viable and sufficiently ambitious integration agenda, unquote, due primarily to socialism. Quote, but in places that are truly at least biracial countries, Cuba actually has the least inequality, and that's largely due to socialism, which I'm sure no one wants to hear, she said. This is what I mean. She's a Marxist. And by the way, Che Guevara was a racist. Now, he wasn't Cuban, but he hated black Cubans in particular. And they were among the most who were executed when he was the chief executioner. Now, this ding-dong probably doesn't even know that, doesn't even give a damn. She previously wrote an article on the Oregonian in 2008, where she boasted that Cuba had a very high literacy rate, a low HIV infection rate, universal education, and a model universal health care system that assisted black Cubans. That's nuts, but consider the source. Second, millions of Americans don't mind open racism, she says. In January, fellow New York Times reporter Matthew Rosenberg tweeted out a comment calling media pundits to spend more time thinking why more people trust popular podcast host Joe Rogan over journalists. Hannah Jones responded by claiming that millions of Americans have been accepting open racism for years. With respect, I don't get this. We need to understand why millions of Americans don't mind the open racism. It's not a mystery. Been reporting on it for years. So what do we do with that? She tweeted. She deleted the comment, but kept up several replies to the original tweet, continuing to imply that Rogan and millions of his listeners accepted racism. Hmm. Pretty ugly. Maybe the view should hire her. I mean, after all, their ratings are sagging, so to speak. Going out to eat is not a constitutional right. Later in January, Hannah Jones responded to podcast host Coleman Hughes, tweet questioning why those who argue that voter ID laws are racist against minorities do not make the same argument for vaccine ID laws. She tweeted out, going out to eat is not a constitutional right. Stop. Though later deleted the comment with no explanation, because she's an idiot. In an additional tweet that has remained up, Hannah Jones asked, show me where eating out is a in the Constitution. Oh, my God. By contrast, she has compared voter ID and education security laws to Jim Crow laws, depriving black people of their citizenship. This is who the New York Times pushed out forward there to the point. And this is whose ramblings and race-based idiocy has been embraced. There's a difference between really black and politically black, she says. Surely after President Biden claimed that someone, someone ain't black, if they couldn't decide between him and President Trump in the 2020 election, Hannah Jones appeared to agree with them, stating that being politically black was different from being racially black. 
there's a difference between being politically black and being racially black. I'm not defending anyone, but we all know this and should stop pretending that we don't, she wrote. In other words, if you don't agree with her, you're not really black. So, another deleted tweet. She insisted she wasn't defending Biden or his politics, but also agreed that her original comment wasn't clearly written. Hmm, like Johnny Swan, I guess. World War II bomb was dropped because they'd spent all this money developing it, she said. While Hannah Jones has been criticized for offering revisionist history regarding the founding of the U.S., she also appeared to revise history from World War II in November. After saying that she felt ashamed of the U.S. at the Hiroshima Peace Memorial, she argued back against critics for claiming the atomic bomb dropped in 1945 was because of the investment rather than to end the war. You're the one who poorly understands history. They dropped the bomb when they knew surrender was coming because they'd spent all this money developing it and to prove it was worth it. Propaganda is not history, my friend, Hannah Jones tweeted. She deleted the comment but later followed up with, this is American exceptionalism. Justify anything, no, no matter, spelling, how craven and barbaric, because America is the greatest country on the earth. You can see how she hates this country. She said destroying property is not violence. In June of 2020, during the height of the Black Lives Matter protests and riots, Hannah Jones made the controversial claim that the destruction of property should not be described as violence. Quote, and violence is when an agent of the state kneels on a man's neck until all the life is leached out of his body. No, and he was found guilty. But neither is black-on-black murder. Neither is murder at all. You don't seem to talk a lot about that because it doesn't fit into your racialized narrative. And you don't seem to talk about now Black Lives Matter. Destroying property which can be replaced is not violence. No, it can't always be replaced. See, ladies and gentlemen, property is an unalienable right. You work, struggle for a big percentage of your life to acquire property. Why? Because property can be safety. That is, it can be material safety. It can be literal physical safety. That's why you work. And she says, well, destroying it is not violence. Why? Because she's a Marxist. That's why. Not a socialist. She's a Marxist. And she says, and to put those things, to use the same language to describe those two things, I really think it's not moral to do that, she explained on CBS News. The claim was ridiculed on Twitter. Excuse me. The claim was ridiculed on Twitter. as It was later reported that damage from the Black Lives Matter protests cost cities at least $1 billion. And I wonder how many of those small business owners in these cities, many of whom were minorities, Agree with her. See, she's not part of that of that social group. She hangs out with the Harvard types. Tipping is a legacy of slavery. Did you know that? I'm a good tipper. What does that mean? And Mark Hannah Jones responded to former MSNBC host Torrey Neblet 
regarding his opinion on tipping in restaurants, while both agree that tipping should be unnecessary. She added that tipping itself is a legacy of slavery. Tipping is a legacy of slavery. If it's not optional, then it shouldn't be a tip, but simply included in the bill. Have you ever stopped to think why we tip? Like why tipping is a practice in the U.S. and almost nowhere else? She later deleted the tweet, but continued to defend her claim that tipping has its roots in slavery. No, it doesn't, you idiot. Right. Have you ever stopped to think about that, ladies and gentlemen? No, because it's stupid. The Civil War, she says, begins in 1865, not 1861. January, Hannah Jones claimed the Civil War, which began in April 1861, actually started in 1865, the year the war ended. We did not stop the expansion of slavery, and enslavers dominated the presidency, Senate, Supreme Court until 1865, when the North was reluctantly drawn into a war that ultimately ended slavery, she said in a series of tweets. This is a very sick, poisonous author. While Hannah Jones did not delete the tweet, she followed up with an explanation, claiming that the sentence was poorly worded. I guess so. It was poorly worded, I meant, until 1865 ended the war, which the North had been reluctantly drawn into. Hannah Jones tweeted, I realized people want to catch me up. I doubt anyone believes I do not know when the Civil War started, but it is what it is. No, it's not is what it is. You make outrageous statements, intelligent people catch you, and they oh, it's poorly worded, but besides, it is what it is. You're trying to catch me up. Fireworks were used to disrupt Black Lives Matter movement. While Hannah Jones did not author the tweet, she alerted her followers to a thread in 2020 that alleged fireworks in New York were being used in an effort meant to, quote-unquote, disorient and destabilize Black Lives Matter supporters. The media is reporting this as though it's just black and brown kids blowing off steam. But I don't believe that's the case, the tweet sent by an unverified account identified as author Robert Jones. My neighbors and I believe this is part of a coordinated attack on black and brown communities by government forces. An attack meant to disorient and destabilize the Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, government forces using firecrackers. She later deleted the tweet and apologized for spreading the unfounded rumor, calling her actions an irresponsible use of her platform. Europe is not a continent. Ukraine alarm is a racist dog whistle. Days after Russia invaded Ukraine, Hannah Jones wrote a highly controversial statement. They claimed Europe is not a continent by definition. And concern over Ukraine's invasion is a dog whistle for racial bias. What if I told you Europe is not a continent by definition, but a geopolitical fiction to separate it from Asia? And so the alarm about a European or civilized or first world nation being invaded is a dog whistle to tell us we should care because they're like us. While she added that we should care about Ukraine regardless of racial bias, several people on both political aisles condemned the comments, especially as Ukrainians continued to suffer from a Russian onslaught. Despite this, her tweets remained up with another tweet claiming she was unconcerned, and this was fake outrage. She's a nut, isn't she, Mr. Producer? She lives in her own perverse, 
reality. Well, actually, she's not the only one who lives there anymore. The New York Times helped promote it. And even more, school districts are promoting this. Pretty cool, huh? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I've been telling you folks for a long time, if you're still with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're simply paying too much for wireless because Pure Talk gives you the same exact great 5G coverage for a fraction of the cost. But don't take my word for it. Listen to what Christopher from Grand Forks, North Dakota has to say. Said, I used to be a Verizon customer before switching to Pure Talk, and I absolutely love it. Pure Talk has the same great service that Verizon does and a little over half of the cost. And I got to keep my phone. Thank you for being such a great company. Folks, you should join me and make the switch. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Don't you love it when Democrats, never Trumpers, former Republicans, tell us what the Republican Party is or what to expect? And this is the role that Joey Scarborough plays, the morning schmo, the banjo playing inbred on deliverance. Cut eight, go. 2022 is really going to be a referendum, not on Joe Biden. It's going to be a referendum on the Republican Party. And now, how, how stupid is that? Now, he knows that's not true. Even though he's half brain dead, he knows that's not true. He either has a plate in his head or he needs a plate in his head. It's not a referendum on the Republican Party. Republican Party doesn't control anything. You look at the polls, even from liberal so-called news platforms. It's Joe Biden who the people despise. So, Joey Scarborough a.k.a. Banjo Boy, he's a, he's a dead-ender. It's what he is. He's a dead-ender. He'll defend Joe Biden, no matter what. And this is what the dead-enders do. Go ahead. Republican Party, especially when you look at some of the people uh, that are running in the primary and some of the horrific things that they are saying, less than half of Republicans believe that, that uttering anti-Semitic remarks, spewing anti-Semitic re- remarks, are a serious problem and a roadblock. Whoa, 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 whoa. This guy has gone full stupid. Anti-Semitic remarks? You get anti-Semitic remarks out of the Democrat Party and they don't even punish their members? You had a prior President Obama who I called anti-Semitic. Johnny Swan might remember that. Johnny? 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 Here, Johnny. Oh, yes, it's true. The things he did and said about the state of Israel and the things he had Kerry do at the UN, yeah, it was, it was utterly clear. And Biden has taken those policy and ramped them up even worse. And his policy with Iran, do you know today Iran's foreign minister and China's foreign minister met in Tehran? And they're now tightening their military uh, positions with each other. 
Do you realize that? I don't think I read that at Axios. Anyway, the world is getting much more dangerous now. Go ahead. Elected. That tells you a large chunk of the Republican Party right now, a large chunk of the Republican base uh, are, are, well, I, I, I'm not exactly sure what word you, I've, I've been using the word fascist uh, for some time. You're really, you're really a nasty piece of work. You really are a nasty piece of work. I hope they're paying you a lot of money because you have sold your soul. I'll be back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, we're having shortages of food. The prices are going up. You know what this means? The food stamp program, you know what this means? Seriously. About the school lunch program, all the costs going up. Obviously, when you go into a grocery store, supermarket, all the costs going up. The shelves are less full than they usually had been. There's no question. And I'm not trying to cause there to be a run on anything. But there is, in fact, a worldwide shortage of paper, for goodness sake. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? It's a big secret right now. There's a worldwide shortage of paper. We have massive forests in this country. And I don't even mean old trees. I mean when these logging companies go in, they'll take the trees out, and they grow new ones over a 20- or 30-year period. That's their job. That's their business. Now, every business is coming under attack. Every industry is coming under attack by this administration because the problem isn't big oil or big meat or big logging or big anything. It's big government. The problem is big government, and it cannot manage what it needs to manage, whether it's the border, whether it's the currency, and on and on and on. And yet it just keeps grabbing power. I was warned about this, and remember I told you when American 
Marxism was uh, was being produced because we were producing so many copies of it. And believe it or not, a lot of paper being used. That there were going to be shortages. We ducked a bullet, but other people have not. And at some point, that book is coming out in paperback. And by the way, in Spanish. Maybe even in Hebrew. Next Farsi. You never know. Uh, But anyway, there's a paper shortage. Now, again, I have to admit, I went to... By the way, I love this supermarket chain in Florida called Publix. P-U-B-L-I-X. It's basically a state supermarket. I love these public stores. I really do. There's other good ones, too. Winn-Dixie and all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. But I happen to like it. And um, I noticed the paper towel section was a little light. You can see these things. By the way, how do I know about the paper issue? There is a publisher of custom pocket guideline book, 96 pages, of our nation's founding documents and fun facts and so forth, for a group called Our Community Salutes. And Our Community Salutes is an organization that celebrates the young people who've decided to go into the military. That celebrates them. It's a fantastic organization. My wife became a member, I think, of the board. She doesn't run it. She didn't found it. But it has been founded by a gentleman who's absolutely fabulous. And so they, these are all volunteers and And they celebrate the young men and women who are going into the military. And they published this pocket guidebook of 96 pages. And um, it comes out, it's a beautiful 95-page box printed. It's handed out to the young men and women who are joining the military from high school. It's been delayed until June because of the worldwide paper shortage. But as I'm saying, this is across the board for, for most publishers. Did you ever think you'd live through the day where an administration predicts food shortages for the United States of America? Don't you remember the day when we used to subsidize farmers not to grow food, or the government would step in and buy excess wheat and excess corn? Remember all that to keep the price up? Now we're going to have shortages? That's not a supply chain issue, ladies and gentlemen. That's not Russia. That's not any of that. When you have a war on fossil fuel, it becomes very difficult to harvest. It becomes very expensive for tractors to run. And guess what? Fertilizer's up this year 128%. Fertilizer includes petroleum products. It's up 128%. I guess that's big fertilizer and big meat. And eggs are through the roof. I guess that's big egg. They're at war with the private sector. They're at war with capitalism. They're promoting a Marxist agenda, this climate change crap. They're at war with our 
our energy system. Do you know a judge just ruled, a federal judge out west just ruled that state courts can hear lawsuits against our energy companies respecting their failure to report to their shareholders climate change-related issues. That is a huge victory. Why am I even bringing that up? Because now these companies are going to be beset with thousands of lawsuits heard in state courts by activist judges going after oil companies. It's going to slow down the process. It's going to drive up the cost. These are sort of Marxist guerrilla warfare tactics, right? That's what they are. Unleash as many lawsuits as you can, delay, drive up the price, and then blame the very victim, blame the very target of your litigation, the oil companies, agri-companies, meat processors, and drag them before Congress and have a show trial. Now, in the same sense, Biden is now considering wiping out a substantial amount of the $1.6 trillion. $1.6 trillion owed by 43 million student loan borrowers. Far more than the $10,000 per student that he proposed while running for president. He's met with the Democrats in Congress, Schumer and his comrades. He's actually embracing Elizabeth Warren's agenda and Bernie Sanders. This is going to cost you, the American taxpayer, a fortune, either in direct taxation or further inflation. This money doesn't come from nowhere. In addition to the unfairness and injustice of all this, many people have taken out student loans and have paid them down responsibly or paid them off responsibly. Two-thirds of the American people never took out student loans because they never went to a four-year college. It's actually more than that who've never had student loans. And now you weren't there when they got the loans, but you're going to be there now paying them off. This is really obnoxious. It's absurd. It's unconscionable. This is spreading the wealth from people who have less income to people who have more income. It's redistribution, but it's redistribution to college grads from non-college grads. So the electricians and the plumbers, the taxi drivers and the truckers, all of these folks who don't have a four-year college education, do not have student loans, are effectively subsidizing those who do. Why? Because they're Biden voters. That's what the statistics show. And they're not going to do it today. They're not going to do it tomorrow. They're going to do it in several months, closer to the midterm elections. They're going to use your money to buy votes in a most unconscionable and nefarious way. They're going to relieve people of debt that they created, that they assumed were tens of thousands of dollars. Many of you have debt. 
Many of you have debt. You've paid to send your kids to college. You didn't get loans. Many of you have debt. You have a mortgage. You responsibly pay it every month to own a home or property. Many of you have debt on your automobiles, on your trucks, and I could go on and on and on. You don't matter. It's only those who have student loans. Student loans. And of course, this will add to the inflation level. Plus, their desire to raise taxes significantly. Absolute insanity. It just continues. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Are you an individual or business owner facing the heavy burden of back taxes, levies, or wage garnishments? Life's challenges, especially those brought on by the economic impact of COVID-19 and inflation, can take a toll on your financial well-being. Now, the IRS has eliminated over a billion dollars in tax penalties and interest for back taxes. America First Tax Group is here to help you claim your share of these billions in tax relief before the IRS can claim the government share and clamp down. Call them now, 800-806-1299. The IRS has people working to collect your money, but it's time to turn the tables, folks. America First Tax Group is a full-service tax boutique that puts clients first. They understand the stress of dealing with tax problems, and they will be your guide through the process. Don't wait. Time is of the essence. Call America First Tax Group. Here's the number, 800-806-1299. 800-806-1299 or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Well, ladies and gentlemen, about a week ago, we had the former CEO of McDonald's on the program, Ed Renzi. Where he said, it's enough of this wokeism and enough of these corporations playing politics that they have a responsibility to their shareholders and to their employees and a responsibility for their products and services. And I looked at another article, just the news, and I saw another former CEO of Best Buy, Brad Anderson, who's the chairman of the board, executive chairman of the board for the Job Creators Network, who was of the same mindset. Sir, how are you? I'm great. What a thrill it is to talk to you. Likewise, I really appreciate it. And I have been, and still am, a big uh, buyer over there at Best Buy. Let me let me ask you God a question. God bless you, Mark. <laughs> I am. I'm, I walk in there with my uh, Big Mac. It's an amazing thing. Uh, but well, anyway. I, I, you've uh, made my, uh, my week. <laughs> well, thank you. It's not easy to run a company. It gets harder and harder when the economy is, is deteriorating like it is today with inflation, difficulty getting product, difficulty getting parts. They caught the supply chain. Most of America never heard of that before. And uh, this situation is really quite dire. And yet we have boards of directors, Brad Anderson, and CEOs and other executives who are so focused on politics, and mostly of the left, I might say, when they should be focused on the shareholder. Am I right? Boy, are you ever, you were, you know, you railed constantly against things that are insane. And I think this is in this territory. Uh, We used to have a number of what it cost us every time we lost a customer. And it was a big number. And it was going to cost us a ton of money to win a new one to replace the one we lost. So voluntarily losing a customer because the corporation decides it's going to disagree with them about some principle they believe in is just insane. 
Plus, corporations are not moral uh, sources of authority. They're, they're groups of people with all kinds of different points of view working to try to serve a customer. And you're serving the customer. You're not telling the customer what to think. So what do you think's going on here? Is there a new breed? You know, these younger folks come in, they become board directors, they become execs, but they come out of the same schools, the same indoctrination mills in many respects as so much of society these days. Is that it or is there something else going on? No, that's a huge part of it. it it's, it's, it's only part, but it's a huge part. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I noticed this because uh, I was there when um, Best Buy was a, a tiny little company, and we created a big company out of it. But there's a big difference between what the kind of people you typically hire to run an established company and the people that create a business. And, and part of it is because that leadership is coming in, and they're already an established clientele, so they sort of take it for granted. Whereas if you're starting a business, the reason I'm so active with Job Creators Network, which is all about little businesses, is when you're starting a business, every customer is precious to you. And you can start taking it for granted. And I also firmly disagree with a lot of what's going on in education, um, where it, 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 uh, it, I think it actually corrupts young people's minds in relationship to what business is all about and this construct of really serving somebody as opposed to them serving you. You know, Brad Anderson, I've been struggling with this, and you have hit the nail on the head. Those who actually create and build something, and those who come in later and basically manage it. There is a huge difference. There's a big difference of mentality. The people who create the business, and we're talking generalizations, that's okay. The people who create yeah, the business yeah. are focused like a laser. They're focused like a laser on that business, creating it, expanding it. What can we do to change? And then people come in who benefit from what's come before. And it's and you're right. It's like teaching. It's much like the rest of life. And for them, it's a different ball game. So why not push a social agenda and so forth and so on? This wasn't their baby to begin with. That is a brilliant point. Well, that's a very important point. Is- is all of us are in, in you know, mo- the most thing, important thing, and it's important in terms of work life, too, is do something that gives you a sense of meaning in life. I think that's necessary for all of us. And that, and, 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 and that is part of work, but it is not a part of the business to make that choice for you. It, it, you know, it, and, and, you know, if you're serving somebody in a business, to me, you're getting something very healthily, healthily done for your own sense of meaning and everything else. But it is, but uh, I, I think a business should be much like the way we look at separation of church and state for a country. It's going to stay healthy as long as I can work for a company and have any point of view coming into the business, and I just align on these things we've got to do. It gives me real diversity of points of view and real diversity of potential people to serve the customer. Once you start re- narrowing, we only want people with this frame of thinking here, your, your product is going to just deteriorate. And I, I think that that for somebody building a business, it's so natural to see that, but it is so easily corrupted. Whatever happened to a fiduciary duty to the shareholders, the people who invest in the company, whatever happened to uh, building a brand and that sort of thing? I mean, take a look at Disney. What's happened there is horrific. I mean, I, I think old man Disney would go, what in the hell have you done to my to my baby here, my company here, and then they bring on the granddaughter, like she had something to do with something, because her name's Disney. What the hell does she have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. 
but then yeah, I, uh, I, I to push this agenda, I'm, go ahead. I'm old enough to remember when I was uh, young that uh, 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 Annette Funicello was one of the biggest stars, and right. uh, and Walt Disney wouldn't let her appear in beach party movies with her belly button uncovered. <laughs> so yeah, it's a little different from what it was during Walt's era. It really is. So, so let me ask you this. How do we push back? I've argued that people should attend shareholder meetings, that not just leftists who hate uh, capitalism should show up at these meetings or these these huge uh, investment companies that, you know, they want to control the boards of directors. We've seen some of them head by re- fairly radical people that that the common person who owns some of these shares should begin to show up at some of these shareholder meetings. And ask it, what are you doing for the bottom line? What are you doing for me, the shareholder? Why are you involved in all this politics? Brad Anderson, if you can hold on and answer that question, if you don't mind, when we come back. Brad Anderson is the former CEO of Best Buy. You've all been there. Executive Chairman of the Board for Job Creators. Last week, we spoke to the former CEO of McDonald's and Ed Renzi. These are men who really built these companies into what they are today. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to ask you a question. Did you know withdrawing your cash from the bank can be very risky? That's right. Banks are now required to spy on us for the government. And they report any behavior they think is suspicious. It's true. And I was shocked when I read the secret war on cash from Swiss America. The new war against cash is really a war against the Constitution. Against all freedom-loving Americans. So, you need to read the war on cash. Get your free copy by calling 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492, or visit SwissAmerica.com. Now, this war on cash is growing daily and also includes all forms of digital money. Please get and read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Or visit SwissAmerica.com. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 800-806-1299 or americafirsttaxgroup.com slash L-E-V-I-N. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, some corporations are pushing back. Some ex-CEOs that ran corporations and built corporations are pushing back against what's taking place in these corporate boardrooms and with some of these executives. You look at Goya as an example. There is a company that was created by this family. They came under attack. They pushed back. Uh, They didn't buckle under. Now you look at Disney. It's a disaster. 
as are so many of these companies. And Brad Anderson is the former CEO of Best Buy and executive chairman of the board for Job Creators Network. And uh, they're helping to promote jobs, small businesses, and so forth. But among other things, they're also speaking out against what's happening, the politicization of the boardroom and so forth, which is really quite shocking. So it's a pleasure to have you, Brad Anderson, and all those years to shop at Best Buy. And I want to ask you a question. That is, yeah, we have millions of people listening, and they're thinking, well, what can I do about this? Is there anything people can do about this? Consumers. Yeah, you mentioned earlier going to annual meetings, and I, I'm in favor of doing that, but I wouldn't expect that to work. And, mm-hmm. and I, after I retired, I served on as many as seven boards at once uh, between nonprofits and for-profits. And I think typically there's an arrogance in the boardroom that probably would mean that they, they, you know, they would look at this something to be managed as opposed to really listening to, mm-hmm. uh, which is a symptom of what we talked about earlier. I think the most effective way for people uh, who uh, is, to, is to use social networking. And, you know, the reason that companies and one of the big reasons that their actions are almost always uh, to the left is that's where the pressure is coming from. And I think, uh, uh, you know, at some point, as we're starting to see with some of the stocks that some of these companies have been impacted, you do enough damage even to an established brand that that would get noticed in the boardroom. And I, I think you're, I think getting out and telling your own personal story about your relationship with a company and why the company's abusing its relationship with you can be very powerful. And with the social networking that's available to us now, I think it's the place to go. And I think force with the changes coming, what's that? Force the boards to listen to you. And I think with the changes coming at Twitter, I don't mean political changes. I mean simply. Yeah the objectivity that uh, that that Elon Musk is trying to promote here that gives people who uh, who really have had enough even a bigger opportunity to get on there and to uh, express themselves and to coordinate these movements that you're talking about right yeah i think twitter is a particularly good vehicle for that purpose because of the you know uh, because of the way it's or, it's or, it's structured mm-hmm. especially if it's not dominated by bots not dominated by what? Bots. bots. He says he's going to get rid of bots if he can. Yeah, well, Is that he possible? Gets rid of bots because that's one of the things that you could always argue that it's just bots attacking us. So if they really make it authentic and it's really customers talking back to companies about getting diversity onto the board, I mean intellectual diversity onto the board, uh, I think that's the most likely thing I can think of that would be effective. A lot of the attacks on Rush Limbaugh, and he and I talked about this, were these bots, were they were – they, created the impression that there were far more people angry with him over something he said or something he didn't say than actually really existed. And that's part of the problem that you're talking about, right? Yeah. And in a, in a company that is usually going to come through to the communication department, which is often going to be dominated by leftists anyway. So they're mm-hmm. going to come back and say that they have little vested interest in, in, in maybe analyzing whether it's bots or not. So if Twitter itself cleanses itself, I think that's going to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you. If people want to learn more about what you're doing and Ed Renzi's doing and our friend who founded Home Depot is doing, Marcus, Bernie Marcus, where do they go? Uh, Job Creators Network. Uh, go to our online, and we're, we're always looking for new members. And whole that's focus the job is for small business. To help small business. Job, job Creators, creators Network. Network. Yep. Dot com, I assume. Yes. 
Job Creators Network, Job Creators Network. People will check it out. I want to thank you, Brad. Appreciate it, my friend. My goodness, it's been fun, Mark. Amen. Same here. Take care of yourself. I never met any of these individuals before, ladies and gentlemen. But these are some of the men, and we'll have women too, who've made America what it is today. And are very troubled by what they see, particularly in the corporate boardrooms and corporate executives. That is, corporatists, as I've been calling them and as I coined. As am I. Somebody with a deep association to media matters should never be on the board of directors of a broadcast company. Period. Period. Let alone one that owns conservative talk radio platforms. You see these guys. There's no way Ed Renzi would do that. He'd never put somebody from PETA on the board of McDonald's, would he, Mr. Producer? Uh, any more than, uh, I think, Brad Anderson, the former CEO of Best Buy, would put somebody on his board um, that objects to the, the core business that he conducts. I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. We have a number of guests coming up in the course of the week, next week. These elections and these primaries are hot and heavy. There's a couple authors. Bill O'Reilly has requested to come on. I always love talking to Bill O'Reilly. You know, he and I used to hate each other's guts. You remember that, Mr. Producer? But we figured out, you producers have a lot of power. It was producers that caused the problem. It was, it's like Beck and me. We used to, now we're buddies. Again, producers caused the problem. Not you, Mr. Producer. Mr. Producer is the nicest guy in the world. But intermediaries. So I like Bill O'Reilly. I've met him now. He's a good guy. And so he'll be on the program, too. And uh, we'll have some more candidates on because we're getting down to it. There's early voting in Ohio. People know where I stand on that. Johnny Swan. Johnny Swan over there at Axios. He knows where I stand. Excuse me. I say, Johnny. Johnny has a distinct burp in his, uh, in his verbiage. Leslie Berland. Twitter CMO. A quit, uh, Twitter CMO, a something of communications. From a meeting Monday in a leaked audio, we want to thank Project Veritas, which is constantly under attack by the FBI and the DOJ and the New York Times. This is a fantastic group with a fantastic young leader in James O'Keefe. Cut nine, go! How do the board and Mr. Musk plan on dealing with a mass exodus, considering the acquisition is by a person with questionable ethics? Now, 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 I can answer this for Mr. Musk, if I may. Uh, The exit's over there. Drag your ass out of there and go join Disney. Get the hell out of here. Or maybe you can work for Nike in China. Maybe you'll enjoy that. Or maybe maybe you'll enjoy working for Apple in China. Go ahead. But drag your ass out of here. And the faster, the better. Questionable ethics, they said, Mr. Musk. You know what that's based on, ladies and gentlemen? These constant attacks and filings against him in the Securities and Exchange Commission, where the bureaucracy is highly politicized and anti-business. Oh, so he must be unethical. He must be unethical. So these are the dead-enders. These are the hardcore lefties 
that are used to controlling your speech. And they don't like the fact that now this is going to be a private company. So they need to go. Mass exodus? Are you kidding me? A lot of people would love to work there. Love it. Love it. Go ahead. We'll keep Elon accountable and how. Elon made it clear. You don't have to keep Elon accountable. It's a private company. The hell do these people think they are? They've created nothing. This is where the, uh, the inmates really are in control of the asylum. Uh, how can I be sure that the uh, questionable ethics of Elon, Elon Musk won't, won't uh, affect my job? Uh, and what about that? My, about that? Go to hell. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen. Comcast NBC, MSNBC is spreading racism of the most horrid and vile kind in this country through a number of of uh, racists, but no bigger than Joy Reid. Cut 12, Mr. Producer, on Elon Musk's companies. Go. It was distressing to a lot of people, not least of which the people who work at Twitter, right. who, um, you know, in their internal slacks are really ring. A lot of them are wringing their hands, probably not all of them, but a lot of them are just worried about what becomes of their company. Um, Elon Musk's companies have a history of open racism. You know, there's been this lawsuit against Tesla and he himself is a troll. So his idea of freedom means freedom to be a jerk and to be cruel and to have no one be able to stop you. This is from Madam Homophobe, who lied about her tweets. Madam Anti-Semite, who lied about her tweets. Madam, I hate white people. Right in your face. And I hate black people who don't agree with me. That is her, not me. Cut 13, go. They don't want to just be in the club. They're, they, they are on the, you know, they've been described as being on the outside of the culture looking in through the glass. But they don't just want to come in. They want to come in and be able to punch people in the face and walk around and laugh about it and not have anyone be able to stop them. The, the thing is, the, the enjoyment they get out of being in this town square is being able to harass people, being able to attack people. There was a time when people had the double hashtags around their names because they were Jewish and right wingers were saying, get in the oven anytime you made any benign comment on Twitter. They attacked women. The, the, you know, the misogyny was crazy on Twitter for a while. Elon Musk, I guess he, you know, he misses the old South Africa in the 80s. He wants, he wants that back. He misses the old South Africa in the 80s and he wants it back. This is a hideous human being. Hideous. I'm surprised she hasn't been hired by The View yet, quite frankly, where they could have a sixth seat for their sixth putrid, phony fraud with no talent and no substance. Ask yourself, why does Comcast Corporation put up with this? 
Do they really believe this is our country? She is one sick fool. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Our trucker friends, thank you. Well, all of our blue-collar friends and white-collar friends, and of course, the men and women in Ukraine, we stand with you. 